You are listening to Making It in the Toy Industry, episode number 70. Welcome to Making It in the Toy Industry, a podcast for inventors and entrepreneurs like you. And now your host, Ajel Wade. Hey there, toy people. Ajel Wade here, and welcome back to another episode of the Toy Coach Podcast, Making It in the Toy Industry. This is a weekly podcast brought to you by thetoycoach.com. It feels like it is time for a virtual pitch episode where we focus on the seven key details of your next virtual toy pitch. Now, we've been dealing with this global pandemic for over a year now, and I, along with many others, have come to terms with the fact that we will never return to life as it was before. Instead, we will find a new norm, a mix of in-person and virtual events. What we do know is that virtual pitches are here to stay. They're efficient, they're effective, and they're more globally inclusive. So if virtual pitches are here to stay, it's time we up our game then, isn't it? Today, we'll go over seven tips for your next virtual toy pitch, and I want you to take these tips seriously. I really want you to look at the evolution of sites like YouTube, social platforms like Instagram, and blogs. When all of these sites and platforms were new, low-quality applications were okay. They still drove likes and engagement. People wanted to watch those videos, and it was just fine. But as the users who use these platforms become more skilled and the tools become more refined, the quality of the content made on all these platforms began to soar right along with the expectations of the viewers. Now, the same will happen for our virtual pitches. So take these tips and up your virtual pitch game right now and evolve with the times, my friend. So what I'm going to do is list a virtual pitch tip, then explain what it means and tell you why it's important to improving your next virtual toy pitch. So virtual pitch tip number one, bring the energy. I had a chat with a friend of mine a few days ago. His name is Buster Balloon. Yep, Buster Balloon. He's a kid's entertainer who specializes in twisting and forming balloons into different shapes. And I'll actually be speaking at his event, Kids Entertainer Fest, in June. You should definitely be there. I will put a link in the show notes. But anyway, Buster and I had a great chat about how doing virtual presentations, whether it's a balloon show or a toy pitch, but doing virtual presentations are not actually easier than doing in-person presentations, not by a mile. A good presenter is going to be just as tired after a virtual pitch as they would be after an in-person pitch, and an excellent presenter is going to be even more tired after a virtual pitch than they would be with an in-person pitch. Now, why is that? The reason why is because when you do a virtual pitch, you're not getting anything back from your audience. In-person meetings, pitches, or presentations have this energy exchange that's happening. You, as the presenter, you're giving, and the viewer takes, absorbs, and hopefully gives back, and energy cycles through the room throughout the meeting in that way. Have you ever noticed how after a really good in-person pitch meeting, you feel hyped and energized, even if you feel tired? And then after a bad pitch meeting, you feel drained. 
Well, that's the exchange of energy. When it flows well, you feel positive. And when it doesn't, there's a tendency to feel drained or even sad after an in-person pitch. Well, virtual pitches by their nature can't really give us that natural energy exchange. So as the presenter, you are just giving and giving and giving. And that screen that you're looking at really can't give anything back. So you have to manufacture that energy cycle and it takes a lot of work, a lot of internal work. Since you're giving and giving energy without getting anything back, you've got to do two things before and during your next virtual pitch. First, you've got to come to bat with much more energy to start off that meeting. And that should be entirely possible for you to do. I mean, you're not traveling hours to get to this meeting. You're not doing a lot of physical activity to get your product set up. So you should be able to block time around your pitch meeting so that you can reserve and protect your energy before that meeting. Okay. Second, second thing that you need to do before or bring to these virtual meetings because there's no energy cycle is you've got to manufacture energy. You've got to learn how to manufacture energy and bring it back to you during your pitch. You're like, okay, what, Agile? Like, you're getting too, what does this mean? Okay. So, As I said, in a normal in-person event, right, energy is flowing from you to that other person. It's going back and forth. But in a virtual pitch, you're giving and giving, and most of that energy is just bouncing off the screen and going nowhere. Some of it may be getting picked up on by your viewer, but you can't count on that. It's really hard for people to feel connected virtually. So you've got to think like, maybe I'm going to get 10% back of the energy that I'm putting out. So you've got to be ready to manufacture your own energy. If you come in at a hundred percent and halfway through the meeting, you're already at 10%. That's not good. You've got to be ready and able to manufacture your own energy and bring it back to you. One way to do that is actually to smile. Now, smiling can trick your brain into feeling happiness. It's true. I've seen many articles on it, many shows about it, but NBC News actually did an article on this back in 2018. And in this article, you can find it at NBCNews.com. I can leave a link in the show notes. Dr. Isha Gupta, a neurologist from IGEA Brain and Spine, actually explains that a smile spurs a chemical reaction in the brain that releases hormones that increase the feelings of happiness and then other chemicals that actually reduce stress. So smile big and smile wide. Fake it till you make it. And that it being the energy that you need to keep your presentation lively, engaging, and energetic. Now you may feel silly smiling, but let me tell you something. I'm smiling right now. I smile every time I record my podcast episodes because there is energy and excitement that you get from smiling and it conveys through audio and it definitely conveys through visual. So if you want someone to be excited about your toy idea, present it with a smile. Virtual pitch tip number two, let your sizzle do the talking. There are plenty of inventors out there that struggle with presentations and I get it. We are not all comfortable in the spotlight. Well, 
That's where your sizzle video comes in. Now, what is a sizzle video? You may be wondering. Sizzle videos are essentially small commercials for your toy or your game. They are the most effective way to pitch your idea to a toy company for serious consideration. All toy industry corporate professionals have told me they prefer a sizzle video over a one sheet, over a concept board, over anything. They love a good sizzle video that can explain your product and pitch it to them essentially for you. Now, the less that you want to talk during your presentation, the longer you should actually make your sizzle video. Don't make it any more than two minutes. In reviewing sizzle videos of inventors, I actually find myself distracted around 45 seconds. So definitely don't make it any longer than two minutes. But by 45 seconds, you should have said everything that is important, exciting, and enticing about your product. At that point of reviewing sizzle videos at 45 seconds, I'm either off visualizing possibilities of the product or I'm off thinking about the problems and flaws I see in it. So my professional opinion to you is to keep all of that good stuff up front before the 45 second mark. Your sizzle has also got to convey the features, the scale, the play pattern, all of that of your toy or game. And it's also pulling the weight of conveying emotion and generating excitement from your viewer. So that means your sizzle video needs to bring the energy and they need to look fresh and modern. Now I want to point out four mistakes that I see most often in sizzle videos. Number one mistake is you send out a link that the person you're sending it to can't even access. The second mistake is I see awful sound quality, sound quality that is distracting to your pitch or sound quality that makes it impossible to hear what you're saying in the pitch video. Now, the third mistake I see is poor storytelling. I'm telling you, we know when you don't plan out your shots and you don't plan out your sizzle video, every frame, every shot should have a purpose. So make sure you're telling a purposeful and directed story. Now, the fourth mistake I see is outdated graphics or effects. If you did a video five or 10 years ago and you haven't updated it for a pitch you're doing tomorrow, that is a huge mistake. Because technology moves so fast and trends in video content change so much, it's really evident when a product or a pitch video is outdated. And if your video is outdated, it's going to make your product feel outdated and look less enticing. Moving on to virtual pitch tip number three, build a relationship. If you have time in your pitch meeting, try opening with an industry-related conversation. Did you read an article about their company lately? Can you share little-known insight that they might find interesting? If you've done your homework, maybe you can congratulate them on the success of one of their newer toys, ideally in the same category that you're pitching to. That'll show them that you are familiar with their product lines and likely to get them more interested to see the ideas that you have for them. Opening your pitch by educating, informing, or complimenting the person on the other side of the screen is a great way to jumpstart a new relationship and gives you time to settle your nerves by turning the attention on them. 
Building a positive rapport early on is beneficial in case your pitch flops, because if they enjoy speaking with you, they're more likely to invite you back to pitch again. Now, the whole purpose of your pitch is twofold. You want to pitch your item, but essentially you're also pitching yourself. You want toy companies to start seeing you as a resource to them, an inventor who loves this industry, keeps up to date with it, and is excitedly ready to bring them new ideas and maybe, depending on the company, develop those ideas alongside them. So at the end of your pitch, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to say, oh, this is great. I would love you to send me any wish list that your company may have whenever you want or reach out to me anytime you need, you need new ideas. That's not what I want you to do. I know in your mind, you might be thinking, oh, what, but I'm offering my services. But what you're actually doing is creating another to do for this already busy toy executive. Instead, what you want to do is say, okay, great. It was a pleasure to meet you. Would it be all right if I touched base every quarter to find out what you're looking for next? And if I have any ideas, I'll let you know, and we can schedule another meeting. How does that sound? That is how you want to end your pitch meeting. More often than not, they'll say yes. Sometimes if they'll say no, maybe they'll say, you know, more biannually would be better for us. Or they'll say no, an annual meeting will be better for us. Or they might just say, we'll get in touch. And that's just a soft thank you, but no thank you. Let's move on to virtual pitch tip number four. Your background speaks volumes. Now I can't tell you how many times people in meetings have complimented the toys in my background and even the design of my space in my background and how often they've asked me if I've designed any of the toys that they see or the pictures that they see hanging on my wall. Your background has the power to be a conversation starter and an authority builder. So why waste an opportunity like that on having a poor background setup? Now, I want to mention here, I'm not a fan of solid color or fake backgrounds for any virtual meeting, but especially not a pitch meeting. In my opinion, connectivity is what so many of us are missing because we can't be together. And in virtual meetings, just seeing a glimpse into someone's home or workspace actually helps break down that barrier and build connection with one another. And it can help creating that energy flow that I talked about earlier so much easier. So conversations about my decor have evolved into introductions to contacts of mine and generated new business for my friends. Now, the second reason I really don't like those solid backgrounds is because if you don't have a green screen behind you, plus impeccable lighting in front of you, your background is going to start to blur into anything you try to hold up and show on camera. And all that does, and I speak from personal experience, all it does is frustrate the person who's trying to watch your pitch. And then the worst thing that happens is you might fumble and give up on this green screen background and eventually turn it off. And suddenly that messy space that you weren't intending for anyone to see is the spotlight of your call. So let's be honest, 
In this business, people choose who they want to work with based on a variety of reasons. Those reasons include how you present yourself, how you speak about others, the products that you're actually bringing to this pitch meeting, the research you did before this meeting about the company you're meeting with, the business ideas you have, the list goes on and on. And now with virtual meetings, there's another thing added to that list, your home the space that people see behind you as you're pitching to them. Virtual pitch tip number five, personalize your presentations. If you are serious about being a toy inventor, you've got to come up with a simple method for personalizing all of your presentations for the toy companies that you're pitching to. That means organizing your concepts by category, renaming and organizing your PowerPoint pitch templates for each pitch meeting. And yeah, it's a lot of work. And you know that only 3% of ideas pitched land licensing deals, but toy companies can spot a lazy pitch a mile away. A company would rather see three excellently developed and relevant concepts overseeing 10 to 15 concepts that are poorly presented and that don't fit what their company is actually looking for. If you want bonus points for personalization, research the competitors of who you're pitching to. And if you have a product that will help them stand out against their competitor, say so in your intro email, let them know that you're knowledgeable about the landscape and that you design the products you're pitching to them to help them stand out in that landscape. If you have an idea that will lend itself well to licenses, do research. Sites like the Toy Book, sites like Global Licensing, all report on new licensing deals. So if you have an idea that's tied to, let's say, DC characters, find out what toy company has the license for DC characters and make sure that you're not showing that DC character version of your concept to the wrong company. Virtual pitch tip number six, minimize your file size. We're going to get a little techie here, but stick with me. Whenever you're sending a file, you must reduce your file size as much as possible. Most of us are working with Wi-Fi and many of us are still working from home and the internet connection may not be so great. So if your file is too big, it's going to take too long to download and you can quickly lose the attention of the person who was going to review your concept. So in the case that you are sending a file and you want the receiver to download it, keep that file size way down. I would suggest making sure all your files are under 25 megabytes so they can easily be emailed. Now, 25 megabytes is the largest email size that Google's going to allow you to send until it turns it into a Google Drive link. And that size includes the body, the signature, the attachments, everything. So keep that in mind. Now, I want you to be careful. There are a lot of sites out there that can help you reduce file sizes, websites that allow you to upload things and and download smaller file sizes, but you are dealing with your intellectual property here. So likely those sites aren't the most secure place for you to be uploading your intellectual property. So you really want to do some quick research and figure out how to reduce file size in whichever program you're creating your sizzle video or your one sheet in. Finally, we have made it all the way to virtual pitch number seven. Last, but certainly not least is a lesson in follow-up. 
And follow-up is the process of checking in with a toy company after you have already pitched to see if they've decided to move forward with your product. Now, don't be afraid of the follow-up. I used to be afraid of it too, but listen, a no is better than a no answer because a no allows you to move on and make space for a potential yes. Now, virtual pitching has made follow-up a little bit easier, in my opinion, because now your entire relationship begins virtually from introduction to the pitch, and that can very easily continue to the follow-up. So try not to get discouraged when you don't hear from a toy company right away. Take into consideration that toy companies are reviewing hundreds of concepts while also going about their normal day-to-day product development processes. They have their annual business initiatives, and on top of all that, they've got their personal lives. So your pitch can very easily get buried and forgotten for a bit. So it's your job to make sure it stays at the top of their mind at the right time. So I would say respectfully schedule your pitch follow-up emails. Don't spam their inbox, but gentle reminders of your idea is just fine. Well, there you have it, Toy People, seven virtual pitch tips to help you as you continually pitch your kids' product, toy, or game ideas virtually. Now let's recap onto what all of those were because it was a long, long road here. Number one, bring the energy. Let them feel your energy manufacture energy when you need it and smile to create that energy. Number two, let your sizzle do the talking. If you're feeling hesitant about talking your way through this pitch, really focus on that sizzle. Allow the sizzle to talk for you. Number three, build a relationship. Make sure you do your research so that you can actually strike up a conversation either about the industry or about something you might have in common with them. Number four, your background speaks volumes. Pay attention to your background and try not to opt for a virtual background whenever possible. Number five, personalize those presentations. Make sure you're showing that you did the research by personalizing your presentations and letting them know you know who you're talking to and you designed this product for them. Number six, minimize your file size. There's nothing worse than getting a link that takes forever to load because it's too big for the Wi-Fi connection. Number seven, don't forget the follow-up. Follow-up is the most important part of your pitch. You have to assume everyone is busy and everyone will forget, and it's your job to keep your product top of mind. Okay, toy people, I want you to keep these seven tips in mind as you develop your product, as you develop your product pitch presentations, and as you plan for your next virtual pitch meeting. It means spending more time on the presentation than you may be used to, but if you want to be successful as an inventor in this virtual world, you've got to keep up with and even ahead of the times. Making toys is fun, but it can also be challenging. And I'm telling you, there are enough challenges. Struggling with your virtual pitch does not need to be one of them anymore. You've got these seven tips to guide you. Now, today's listener spotlight goes to Cole Hill, who I believe I first met on Pinterest. So hi there. Cole says, I really can't say any more about this podcast other than it is exactly what we need as potential toy creators. Agile helps me feel like I can do this. Well, thank you so much for that awesome review, Cole Hill. I hope to meet you inside the Facebook group 
Well, thank you so much for that awesome review, Cole Hill. I hope to meet you inside the Facebook group. If you want to meet fellow listeners of this podcast, I'd like to invite you to join the Making It in the Toy Industry Facebook community. The links and opportunities I share within this Facebook group have resulted in fellow toy creators hitting major milestones in their toy business. If you're ready to connect with like-minded toy people, this is the group for you. Search the podcast name or just tap the link in the description. As always, thank you so much for spending this time with me today. I know your time is valuable and there are a ton of podcasts out there, so it means the world to me that you tuned into this one. Until next week, I'll see you later, toy people. Thanks for listening to Making It in the Toy Industry podcast with Agile Wade. Head over to thetoycoach.com for more information, tips, and advice. Hey, are you an aspiring toy inventor or toy entrepreneur? Then you should check out Toy Creators Academy, the first of its kind online program designed to help you develop and pitch your toy ideas. Head over to toycreatorsacademy.com to learn more.